Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor parents this episode of story jumpers contains conversations about racism and is intended for kids 10 to 14 years old while story jumpers is safe for the whole family you may want to be the one who introduces difficult topics like this one to your children we invite you to pause this episode now and come back to it when you're ready Story Jumpers, welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast. Are you ready to hear a great story? Of course, that's why you're a Story Jumper. The Long Shadow is an anti-racist time travel story for 10 to 14-year-olds. What if a 14-year-old boy from present-day white suburbia finds himself 50 years in the past, fighting to survive a freak storm in the woods and afraid to accept help from a black man? Once the two learn to trust each other, Richie learns about the traumatic event that shaped the man Morris's life, the lynching of Morris's grandfather in 1923. If Richie can go back in time again and prevent the lynching, will Morris come in from the cold? Another Story Jumper author, Rob Curry, says, This compelling and engaging story is a must-read. Enjoy this reading of The Long Shadow by Phyllis Wheeler. The Long Shadow by Phyllis Wheeler Chapter 1 Weather was brewing. Heat was still rising from the pavement when the wind started up, carrying with it the tang of coming rain. Gray clouds rumbled overhead, and I broke into a jog through Shady Creek's century-old downtown. That's when an old man ran straight into me, or maybe I ran into him. His silver pocket watch left his grip and went flying, and he grabbed me to steady himself with a feeble, dark-skinned hand. We both stared as the watch dropped to the sidewalk and cracked open, spilling its guts. I shook my head. He didn't have a phone. He had a pocket watch. This guy was from a different century, a really different century. I'm sorry, I said. I was going too fast. Didn't see you. I knelt, face to the wind, to get the curls out of my eyes, and took a baker's minute to pick up a handful of tiny parts. He seemed frail, hunched over a wooden cane. He looked at the watch pieces in my hand and murmured, It was my granddad's. Then his eyes roved over to my face. Richie. He said my name as if he knew me. Now, that was pretty freaky. He couldn't know my name because we never met. Richie, he whispered. Tingles spidered up my back. 
I could count the African-Americans I knew by name on one hand, and none of them carried pocket watches. I'm really sorry, sir, I babbled. I hope you can get the watch fixed. I just spent my money. I thrust the pieces into his hand. I heard rapid footsteps and looked up. Three black teens came from the general direction of a nearby store. Two of them wore black hoodies. I sucked in my breath. This was precisely the type of situation my dad had warned me about. Don't go where there's a crowd of black people. Pops, said one, you all right? Sure I am, said the old man. The tallest guy stared daggers at me. I didn't know what he wanted, but I ran anyway as the rain began to pelt me. Ran like my life depended on it. And maybe it did. Danger, right here in Shady Creek, Missouri. My mostly white, boring suburb. Who would have thought? Joining me right now is the author of The Long Shadow, Phyllis Wheeler. Phyllis, how are you today? Oh, I'm terrific. So good to be here. We are so happy to have you here. And I am excited to tell Richie's story and to dive more into the world that he's wrestling to survive in. It sounds like he's going to get up to a lot of adventures. Yes, he definitely does. (laughs) So tell me, when you were younger, what were a couple of books that made a big impact on your thinking? Well, I, uh, when I was a, a, a teenager, a young teenager, I found The Lord of the Rings, and I, I read it, and I reread it, and I reread it, and I just loved that book. And what I loved about it was there was something in it that just felt very uh, right and true. You know, the good guys were good, the bad guys were bad, and uh, it just wasn't morally ambiguous or anything. It was, it was uh, a, a world I would be happy to live in. <laughs> I think you're right. A lot of us would love to live where hobbits run around and have adventures with their dwarf friends. I'm thinking maybe I would be an elf if I lived over there in uh, Middle Earth. What about you? Well, you know... My favorite character is Gandalf the wizard. (laughs) I'm not really the wizard type, though. (laughs) (laughs) I just like to read about it. (laughs) So tell me, were there any other books that that really had an impact on your heart? Well, I I love these books by uh, Stephen Lawhead um, about... So he's another Christian author who kind of likes the the science fiction fantasy kind of uh, angle. And then uh, I do need to mention a book called Lizzie Bright and the Buckminster Boy. The story is a historical story and it's about racial injustice that occurred uh, maybe 100 years ago or so in Maine. And uh, it's the story of a boy and a friendship with a girl named Lizzie Bright and it's by Gary Schmidt, Gary D. Schmidt. And um, that book really got me thinking about racial injustice. You know, I, it's a, racial injustice is something that I lived with as a child. I, I was living in the segregated South in Texas and Mississippi when I was a child. And it 
things just didn't feel right to me. You know, like, why do they have separate water fountains? You know, I, you know, there's a lot of it I couldn't see as a child, but I could see some of it and it didn't feel right. And then I, you know, became an adult, moved to St. Louis. And well, what do you know? St. Louis is highly segregated even today. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So I just wanted to write about that. And uh, this Lizzie Bright book is a really good one. You, uh, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I have to check that out. And it's interesting that you say that there are areas even today that are still segregated by racism, not necessarily by the rules that we have in place, just by the way that people live or choose not to live with one another. Can you kind of unpack what um, what racism is, maybe even for the character Richie in The Long Shadow? Well, Richie lives in a segregated suburb of St. Louis. It has a, a small black settlement. It's based on the suburb that I live in. This settlement's been there since the Civil War with black people in it, but mostly this is a white suburb. And um, the white people and the black people don't really mix much. And uh, they're kind of afraid of each other. And in St. Louis as a whole, the north side of town is where the black people live. And the south side is where white people live and, and, and some black people. But it's really kind of a matter of people being afraid of each other. And I think there's it's a stranger thing, stranger danger going on, you know. So you think, oh, I can't go to that side of town. It's dangerous. It's just I can't do it. It's There's so many people who here who think like that. They don't want to go there because it's dangerous. Well, you know, there aren't any great big crime statistics that bear that out, you know, that it would be dangerous for you to go there, but they're still, they're still afraid. So where does this fear come from? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's all, it's kind of learned. You know, so I think we need to uh, be aware of it and counteract it and say, okay, I'm going to reach out to that person, reach out and touch someone, really reach out to them. And that's how I'm going to not be a racist. That sounds pretty good. And so would you say that this book, The Long Shadow, is an anti-racist book? And how how would you say that that fits into that work to get rid of the fear of racism? Well, it is an anti-racist book. And that is because Richie, who's a white kid, starts out being very afraid of black people because he's been taught that. Then he realizes as the story moves forward that that there's no basis for that and that he needs to reach out and be a friend to these people who are different rather than being afraid of them and i think there there are so many situations not it's not just white and black it's just any situation where you have two groups of people that are somewhat strangers to each other so obviously what's the the key is to become friends well i i couldn't agree with you more. I mean, there have been times in my life where I met someone who was completely different than me in so many ways. And when we started to have a conversation and we just sat down and talked about things that we did have in common, you know what? I wound up finding a new friend that I've had for a lifetime. And uh, none of those differences seem to matter. They all melt away. Right. So why did you write The Long Shadow? Is there something in your past that prompted you to write it? Well, it's really this, uh, you know, when I was a child, seeing the segregation and thinking it, that it wasn't right, and then moving to St. Louis and seeing it again and thinking it wasn't right. And just, 
I just wanted to do something about it. I just, you know, in my own little way, try to discuss it with people, get people to thinking, you know, like, what is it? How can, it's a bad, everybody these days is talking about it mm-hmm. and um, it needs fixing. So it does need fixing. I agree. And we're going to do our best to fix it together. But of course, we know that God's got to step in and make the the ultimate fix. And uh, with his help, I think that we can help our communities, you know, fit that back together. But it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of work. Right. So let me ask you something. When we meet Richie, um, we're in Missouri. And what year is it when we're there um, in the section of the story that we just heard? It's 2019. Uh-huh. So but this then, is like contemporary, but before the pandemic. Uh-huh. But then you did some research into Missouri, both in 1969 and Missouri in 1923. Right. So Richie's going to take a pretty big trip. Yes, he takes a trip. He's a, He heads out to the woods. And on the way, he... Uh, because he's, he thinks he needs to run away from his guardian. So he takes a trip out to the woods. And on the way, he's whisked back 50 years. And he doesn't even know it at first. He, he notices the antique cars going past him on the highway. But he thinks that it's, oh, there must be a car show down there in Farmington. <laughs> that would be my first thought, too. I love classic cars. And if I saw them, I'd want to know where I could go get a closer look. <laughs> So he ends up in the woods with, um, and he meets a, a black man who he immediately is afraid of. And this black man is offering actually to save his life from a freak storm. So he actually thinks, stops and thinks like, do I want, I can't trust this guy. <laughs> but he does go along with him and uh, they eventually become friends. And then it turns out the black man in the woods, Morris, uh, is is hiding there because of a, a terrible situation that happened in his family. And this happened in 1923. Mm. And uh, so Richie decides, well, he's a time traveler. Maybe he'll go on back and try to fix that. So he ends up in 1923 for a week. Wow. So, mm, so uh, I, I, you know, went over to the library in, in Columbia, Missouri, and read all these old newspapers and uh, just did a bunch of research about what life is like in 1923. And I also had the memories of my father, who uh, was in a small town, not, not too far away from there, in, in Illinois, though, uh, in 1923. It, he would have been uh, six years old. But he he has all these, you know, I just... My dad liked to tell stories. So, so I drew on that too. My And the way my dad would talk is draw, you know. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. That sounds like your research paid off uh, in, you know, into a very exciting story. My one question now, I'm still scratching my head. So Richie went back in time, but how in the world does time travel work in your book? Oh, well, you know, of course, obviously time travel doesn't really work, right? So you can't come up with a system that uh you know is truly pl- plausible <laughs> so i just decided well it's got to be supernatural intervention why not so uh my my agent of time travel is an angel and he's uh, sort of like clarence you know the uh 
the one in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. He's just kind of a undercover angel. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like it. He's a truck driver. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. I always loved Clarence and uh, and his interaction with George Bailey. I thought that was great. So I think that's a good a good technique to get Richie back in time. Yeah. Well, Phyllis, you know this story. It it couldn't come at a better time. I think that we're uh, as a as a whole nation revisiting some of these issues of racism, and I personally hope that we move through them and past them and get to a point where we're stronger in our relationships with one another. And that at the bottom of that is God's support of those relationships. I hope that the fear of racism is erased. And I hope that your book, The Long Shadow, is a is a big part in helping kids to understand racism and to erase it from our society. I hope so too. Yes. Praise the Lord for for his help writing it and getting the word out. Well, Phyllis, thanks so much. When you have more exciting stories, will you come back and share them with the Story Jumpers? Oh, I would love to. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye out. I'll talk to you soon, Phyllis. Okay. Bye. Parents, The Long Shadow is an anti-racist time travel story for 10 to 14-year-olds, part survival story, part exploration of racial justice in America, part journey of self-discovery, and wholly engaging and memorable. A well-done, powerful story. It is certainly stuck in the head of Joe Corbett, a school librarian in St. Louis. Phyllis Wheeler tells stories that encourage us to step outside our comfort zones. She's done it. She and her husband spent 20 years raising their family in a black neighborhood in segregated St. Louis. She's been a journalist, an engineer, and a homeschool mom. Now she's thrilled to be following her dream, authoring books for young people. Homeschoolers will be interested in her YouTube channel, Bringing Up Book Lovers, which features interviews with authors of middle grade books and reviews of books for homeschoolers. Learn more about her books and get a free short story when you sign up for her occasional newsletter at phyllisweeler.com.